Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, this is Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations, identifying the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. With us today, I am delighted that we are joined by Dr. and retired General Dale Myros. He is the first president-appointed U.S. Senate-confirmed Chief Information Officer of the U.S. Intelligence Community. For over four decades of military, government, industry, and academic experience, this internationally recognized technology thought leader offers practical advice for CEOs, leaders, and the organizations they run in navigating the 21st century digital world. Dr. Meyer Rose is an internationally respected subject matter expert on leadership, strategic planning, cybersecurity, e-health, and information technology, and intelligence and military matters. He's also a strategic partner with Metcalf & Associates, so I am delighted that Dale is joining us to wrap up 2017 and position us for 2018. Maureen, happy with you. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, very happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I want this Voice America series to provide valuable information for leaders who are working hard at their work and trying to find ways to stay current in a world that's changing a little more quickly than most of us are really able to metabolize. So we try to offer insight every week that you can integrate in a very practical way into your leadership practices. So as 2017 comes to a close and we continue to plan and look forward, we continue to see signs of technology change um, is positioned to revolutionize many areas of business and society. Given Dale's experience, we want to share his views on short and medium-term changes he's focusing on as well as what he is advising leaders to prepare for and manage the changes they anticipate and those they aren't yet anticipating but they'll need to respond to. So, Dale, welcome. Thank you. As we wrap up 2017, what stands out to you as the most important change that impacts how we think about technology looking toward 2018? Well, I I think uh, uh, we didn't think things could change any faster, and then they started changing faster. And uh, so it seems like that that all throughout 2017, the element about about not only changes of technology, but changes in the workplace. And the workplace has become central dialogue in uh, so much of our public discourse. 
uh, about about how people are led, about how people are perceived they're led, about how they're treated and, and such. And so that change is mixed right on uh, with, with the element of the speed of change of technology. So how do you see that impacting us in 2018? Is there anything think, that stands out to you as a, a concrete specific that you anticipate ramping up? Well, I think uh, as, uh, as as things get uh, get more challenging, uh, I think it's important for leaders to fall back on basics, uh, making sure that that they that they're clear eyed about. Uh, uh, about not only their leadership style, but but also how that fits in with their organizations. And uh, so, oftentimes, we we confuse the elements of of of, of style with with the purposes of, of the organization. And the effective leaders, as as uh, challenges become come at them more uh, more rapid, uh, are are able to to merge their style in with figuring out how their organizations uh, and what they need uh, and what they can anticipate. It does seem interesting as I'm working with clients that, back to your point, we didn't think it could get any faster, and yet here we are trying to metabolize even more information on a daily basis and and deal with the range of things that are coming up for us. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and so I, I think what, what often happens uh, when, you get, when your sensors get flooded, uh, your in-basket gets full, uh, there, there are some things that, that are easy to forget. Uh, the clutter, if you will, the, the emotional and intellectual clutter uh, seems, seems to obscure uh, what the big things are for your organization, you know, what your organization needs to do. And, and when that happens, uh, your, your messages get muddled. And, mm-hmm. and so, so the element about what, what the big thing is, uh, how that's communicated, how you deliver on it, and how you can anticipate the changes that affect, uh, you know, the mainstay of what your organization is about uh, gets more and more difficult kind of gets lost in the clutter, if you will. So let me ask you, how do you navigate that in your life? Because you're traveling around the world, you're running a company, you're teaching in a university, uh, you're running nonprofits, you've got a lot of balls in the air. How do you keep manage the clutter and keep intellectually and emotionally clear? Well, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's easier said than done. So even... even People who are who are adept at it need to continually uh, do the self-assessment to, to make sure that, uh, that that they're on the right track. But but I think I think it boils down to just just a few things of of how you organize yourself and how you approach those challenges. Uh, as I like to say, you need to be clear-eyed. What I mean by clear-eyed is objective. Uh, so, so when when you when you discover something new, you find out something new. How important is it? Where does it go? Uh, does it bump things on the priority list? Does it preempt things? Is this something that that, that can, can can be adjusted later? Clear-eyed also is 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 discerning good and bad. 
in relationships and execution and, and being objective and exercising the, the right judgment. And so, so if you've got that moral high ground, so to speak, uh, your, your plan of attack and how you, you approach these challenges need to engender trust. Trust in your subordinates of you, trust of, uh, of your partners. Uh, you know, we, 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 all, we all have lots, lots of partners, internal and external organizations. Um, but, uh, but, but your actions, uh, how you approach them, how you treat them, uh, uh, how you communicate that, uh, that, that engendering trust is, 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 I think, very, very important. And then what I've already implied, and, and you've implied, is, is you've got to know how to focus. Uh, so, so you've got a thousand and one things to do. Uh, you're, you're working on the right one or two, and you're focusing on those right one or two to make sure, make sure that they're addressed before you move on, move on to three and four. And, uh, and, and, and when you do that, you've got to question everything you do. Uh, you got to have that natural curiosity that 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 challenges you to are you am I looking at this with the right eyes and might there might might there be a better way to look at this and uh, you know with another approach? Okay, so you said a couple of things there that really struck me. Um, this idea of moral high ground, and we've seen so many instances just at the end of 2017, more than we seemingly more than we've seen in the past of breaches in trust and breaches in ethics. How are you talking to people about that? Well, there, there are a couple, couple things that immediately come to mind. In, in fact, at a, at, a, at a recent national comp, cybersecurity conference, um, several folks uh, wanted, wanted to have a session about, about how to address uh, a lot of the things that are being talked about in the workplace uh, uh, you know, as as a separate topic, and, and so so we met, and uh, uh, it was it was kind of interesting because because there's there's the topic of of disrespect and the breach of trust and things like that, and then there's the reaction to the breach of trust and the di- and, and the disrespect, and sometimes the reaction you know makes the situation worse, and 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 in, and in fact, several of the women in technology tell me that. That uh, 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 you know their company seems to be seems to be address, addressing the subject, and one of the ways in which they address the subject is is to cut down on communication, which is exactly the wrong thing to do, and uh, from from my perspective, and so so it's it's not not only how do you address the problem, but how do you address the reaction to the problem uh, because it affects your entire workforce. Yeah, you and I had a conversation about this, and it seems like. Um, if we start to exclude them, we're talking specifically in this case about women, that we as women go backwards in our acceptance in the workplace if folks are afraid that we're um, toxic, yes, that when yeah. they talk to us that, that we're going to be a problem. Yeah. In, in fact, I talked to one vice president of, of a company, and she said uh, she went in for her annual review and her boss would not meet one-on-one with her for her annual review without HR present. And so there were two other pr- people present in the room, and then sud- suddenly some of the details of the private conversation 
uh, ended up being becoming office gossip, or at least she perceived it was office gossip. And so, so clearly, you know, that's the reaction uh, to you know to 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 the to the addressing. And so, as leaders, you've got to not only address situations when when they come up, but you also have to understand how people will react to them, and and work that issue as well. It, and this seems like a big one at this point that since women are are basically half of the workforce, we can't get this wrong. No, I I I, I absolutely agree. And 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 I've I've got a saying that that uh, that I work with all my clients with that talent is the only true competitive advantage. And and you know. Ta- ta- talent is, 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 an op- is an open-ended thing. It comes in all sizes, all shapes, all forms, all colors. Uh, and in any company that minimizes uh, its, its available talent uh, is, 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 a, is a company that's headed for trouble, in, in my view. And, and I put some of that in the culture bucket, is how do we create an environment that maximizes or minimizes our talent? No, absolutely, and and even in the technology business, uh, I you know I, I in, in working with clients, uh, the first first thing I, I get drawn in, and they start talking about technology issues, and and uh, I usually say, wait a minute, these are actually all people problems. This is a culture issue, and this has to do with how we regard each other, how 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 we use. Uh, our available talent and how we go out a- after after other talent. This has nothing to do with technology. Technology is a second tier uh, factor and challenge when compared to the element of everything's a people issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and so you, you talked about communication and increasing communication, not decreasing it. Anything else on dealing with the blowback from the recent gender? Related, um, gr- everything from grouping to in- incredibly inappropriate contact. Sure, sure. Well, one one of the one of the most important uh, traits that that a leader needs is the is the ability to anticipate. So, uh-huh. how well do you how well do you know your workforce, and and. Uh, uh, how, 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 you know, what do they, you know, what values do, does your, does your company hold, really hold? Not what the slogans are on your walls, but how, you, how your people themselves solve, solve challenges. And so if, if you really understand your work environment, you really understand your workforce, uh, you can anticipate uh, uh, several of these things. And when you anticipate, you, you open up the line of communication. And uh, sunlight is a great disinfectant, and, and you know that's that's a that's a, a an old wives' tale saying, which which I think has a uh, has a lot of merit uh, when it comes to uh, being transparent and being transparent in, in how everybody's treated, how they're regarded. The worst thing you can do with a as a leader is make someone who works for you to feel devalued, because once they feel devalued. Uh, then it ends up uh, uh, being being a, like a cancer within your organization, and and, uh, uh, and 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 if you allow that to, to continue, then then again your your the problems of your organization and its ability to 
to perform its job and mission and objectives uh, becomes more and more difficult. Thank you. I'm working with a client actually next week doing... Uh, we do an ongoing leadership series, so this is not a one-off, but we're going to be talking about what norms does the company want with regard to behavior. So is profanity accepted in this organization? It has been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we want to behave going forward? What's the responsibility of each individual who sees inappropriate contact? How, How do we navigate it so it's not just we hope someone in charge does something, but how do we take that, invite everyone to take responsibility for what's happening in their organization, not just the, quote, bosses? Yeah, I, 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 I so, much, so much agree with, uh, with the point you just made. Uh, I, would, I would add to that that, uh, okay, so when, when you reward behavior, um, you know, how do you, how, how do you motivate people uh, to have the right behavior in addition to holding them accountable when they have the wrong behavior. And so, mm-hmm. so oftentimes when this discourse, oh, we, we, have, uh, uh, we, we, ha- we have these situations of people acting inappropriately, so what punishment is, is appropriate? And, you know, a big punishment here, a little punishment, and that's oftentimes how, how the public discourse of, about this thing comes about. But as a leader... You have a responsibility for how do I motivate people to have the right behavior? How do I how do I how do I work the culture of my organization to exhibit the right behavior? Not just a list of do's and don'ts, and you're going to get punished or suffer consequences if you do bad things. Uh, I think people react uh, more quickly and for and for a longer period of time and more effectively. Uh, with positive reinforcement about this is what you should be doing. This is what you absolutely need to be doing. This is what we, this is what we want you to do, and this is what we will become intolerant about. And so, mm-hmm. with that positive reinforcement, that that oftentimes I believe that leaders overlook just because they're so focused on I've got to squash this bad behavior. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Just the clear guidelines setting expectations, and most, most people want to do the right thing. We just have to agree what the right thing is. Yep, I, I, I agree. And, and, and you, pr- you promote that. You promote that when you interview mm. people to hire them, you know, particularly leaders. You're after leaders that, that, can, uh, uh, that, that, treat, that, that know how to treat people, uh, you know, for, the, for their talent and, and, and their abilities. You need to hi- hire people. So it all starts in that hiring process of of getting the right people. Uh, you know, as as in talent is 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 the true true differentiator of of between uh, poor companies and good companies, good companies and great companies. Thank you, Dale. Let's go to break, and we will be right back with Dale Myros and Maureen Metcalf, wrapping up 2017 and talking about key issues for 2018. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf and Dr. Dale Myros talking about how we wrap up 2017 and what we're looking forward in 2018. So, Dale, as you think about 2018, let's shift for a moment to technology. Is there anything our listeners should absolutely be watching? Okay. So, so again, my approach to, to technology is, is, that, is that change and disruption in technology comes from unanticipated combinations of already known things. So, so it's not. I don't believe it's going to be the break. You know, matter of fact, I think it's almost never the breakthrough technology that happens. As in, as in, uh, you know, there's a convergence of this idea and that idea, and all of a sudden there's a there's a nuance that we that we didn't understand, we didn't see before, and that ends up being being the disruption. So, so I think as 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 we see many new products come out, you're going you're going to see things uh, have more and more the label of the Internet of Things. You know the the idea that says we give uh, an address and a name and a connectivity to uh, inanimate objects that had never been connected to to the uh, uh, to ourselves, to our activity, to our homes. You know. And again, for the last couple of years, we've kind of joked about, uh, you know, our refrigerator uh, being being the weakest point of what. It, well, there, there, you know, there's going to be more and more truth to that as as the Internet of Things, I, I think, uh, uh, comes more to fruition. Yeah, I think my thermostat knows when I'm leaving the house and changes temperature. <laughs> exactly, because it's due to my phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 see, this this is this is. Um, you know, 
the, the element of, of, of it's the possibility of things. And so, and, and possibility of things, of, of people being able to do things that they couldn't do before, is, is something that sometimes they throw caution to the wind when it comes to security or cybersecurity or mm. other kinds of risk. And, uh, and, but because they're so anxious to, God, this just, this, being able to do this just makes my life so much easier, uh, that I'm, I'm almost willing to, to accept it. You know, as is with with works or whatever, because I'm too impatient to wait for industry to get it right. So, how about things like blockchain, um, uh, cryptocurrencies, AI? It seems like the intersection of those, to your point, they're not necessarily new, but the intersections and unanticipated consequences can really disrupt entire industries. Oh, absolutely. There, there's been lots of dialogue in the in the world of economics about the value of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, anybody in the technology business knows that that Bitcoin is really based upon algorithms of blockchain. And so, you know, Bitcoin rising to thousands of dollars, and and is it an investment? Do you treat it as a commodity? Do you treat it as a currency? Things like that. Uh, I think culturally. Uh, we'll work through a bunch of those. But here's to my point. You know, blockchain's not new. And bo- blockchain is an algorithm, and it's a way of, of keeping track of things. Blockchain is starting to change the element of data science. And so, so the concept of blockchain and Bitcoin, well, blockchain is now being used oftentimes for authentication <clears throat> of data sets and how things started. And what changes have taken place to them and, and those kinds of things. So that's things like contracts. <clears throat> things like contracts. So how many, how many uh, transactions have, uh, do, they, do people only accept uh, uh, the element of, of an authentic signature and how it's authenticated and such like that? And, and real estate transactions, you have to sign in blue ink. Because they don't want black ink, because black ink is easier. Well, things like like blockchain are are going to change uh, how people accept, you know, what's real and what's not, what's its history, where's it been, and, and things like that. And I I think, uh, you know, its its purpose is known and it was used for one thing, but it's going to pivot, and 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 I think it will have a, a tremendous impact on on the data sciences. Uh, information handling and, ma- and information management uh, disciplines in the coming year. And so if I run a company, uh, how would I even anticipate, because back again to your point, it's the unanticipated bits that can disrupt me and in some cases severely disadvantage my ability to stay ahead of trends. Right. <clears throat> so uh, I-, I think it's important to realize that whether you're talking about risk, you're talking about technology, I think most things play out in a, like an 80-20. And so while that's the Pareto principle that many people are, are familiar with, uh, th- there are lots of commonalities. So, so I think the first thing is, is, is what matters in my industry? So most of our companies are, are, are in industry. We have competitors. We have partners. Uh, we produce certain things, it, you know, we're, we're, we're governed by, by certain elements. 
How well do I know my industry? See, people have a, you know, oh, I need to buy, I need this artificial intelligence, or I need to collect all this data, or I need to buy this intelligence, or whatever. If it's not relevant to your industry, then, then you're probably not making good, good use of your money. And then, how does your company, your particular organization, play in that, in that industry? And, and so, you in, I, I, I like to say you micromanage big data analysis. Because there's a whole world of ever-growing information and data sets out there, and and not every one of them is applicable to you. So micromanage your big data analysis. So, so you've used the term big data a lot, and we talk about analytics. For people who aren't as aware of that, can you give a concrete example of something that I would micromanage or what big data I would, what data do I use and where do I get it from and what does it mean to micromanage? Sure, sure. Okay, so, so let's, let's say that you're, you're a medium-sized company and, and you, own, you own your own network. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have servers of, you know, domain name servers and storage servers, and maybe maybe you have a you you outsource to a hosting company who puts it in a data center and, and such like that. The mere running of your enterprise creates data. Use the data that that your enterprise uh, creates. For instance, all your people create profiles of activity by. What their search is on, what their transactions are, what you know, what their hi- history uh, is of, of of how they communicate with each other, interact with customers, things like that. You know, so so you have a lot of machine data. No matter how small you are, you have a lot of machine data that's automatically created by the activity of your people. Capture it. And, and you don't necessarily need to hire people to do that because, because you can program in a software-defined fashion for your network to collect that data. And, uh, and, and so, so that automation of, of collection is, is already there. You just have to architect your network to do so. And then I, in, in creating the strategy to do that, I need to understand what I want to collect and how I'm going to use it so I'm getting the right stuff and not wasting time, right? Exactly. And and what I find what I find with a lot of my clients when we first start out, you know, we say, okay, we we need to collect this data. How many contacts are being made with this client or this customer, or how many hits are on a website, or how many visits to to uh, uh, to a web page, or how, what's the foot traffic in in my in my store, and 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 so we so we start we start looking at the data we know that we can collect, only to find out that that data may have limited utility and we need to, find, we need to figure out other things that are be, being collected or architect and configureize our, our enterprise to go out and collect those things. So, so there, you know, when, when, Pete, when, when I get organizations starting on this, uh, you know, again, I like to say think big, start small, scale fast. And... Uh, and, and so, so the element of, okay, I can collect this. Well, okay, that's a marginal utility. All right, let's collect something else. And, and you, can, you can iterate that very, very quickly and very rapidly figure out what's important and what really matters to moving the needle for your company. So kind of an agile approach. Exactly, 
Exactly. I'm experimenting. I expect to adjust, uh, and I need to do it pretty quickly. Absolutely. You know, and and even mature organizations that know what they need to measure, collect it, and analyze it, things are going to change. They're going to add new products. They're going to add new applications. They're going to have new people. They're going to have new skills. They're going to, you know, they're, they, they've got a future. They've got a strategy. They're going to do things, uh, you know, they're going to do things in the future. So even if nothing changes, things will still change by, the, by virtue of what's going to, you know, what they plan to have happen in the future. Well, and I want to say adding to that things like tying back to our first segment, I'm now monitoring sexual harassment differently. I'm, I may be monitoring which contact I have with which employees around policies. You know, we're we're going to update our policies and we want to make sure that everyone's aware of these changes. When our culture changes because the world's changing, there may be things I'm, t- uh, I'm testing and evaluating around my culture. So as we continue to change, it seems like what we measure has to change. Oh, I, I, I think those are absolutely true words. You know, for, for instance, you know, let's, let's kind of think of this in the abstract and then get practical. Uh, what, what is a policy? A policy is a declaration that limits choices. Okay? And so, yes, yeah, so I don't have choice to harass people. That's right. That's right. It limits choices. But, but, but in, in limiting choice, there, there, you know, there are the anticipated, okay, this, this limits choice in a way we want to have happen. But then there's the unintended consequence that said, ooh, that also does these other things which we don't find desirable. And, and, and most policies, you know, they've got the intended consequences and then the unintended consequences that, that play out over time. And so what organizations do, okay, we have policy, then it goes to version 1.2, then it goes to version 1.3, and now pretty soon our policy is, is not as simple and direct and straightforward as we would like it to be, it's now complex and it's no longer effective. So then I start managing the exceptions, my problems, rather than expecting my managers to manage. Exactly. I'm managing by policy. Exactly. And, uh, and, and almost every organization that's got more than two people in it needs policies because that allows people to communicate, coordinate, and be, be effective and have a synergy uh, effect on one another. Uh, but, but again, you know, vir- I think virtually every policy you know, has its intended consequences, and then if you're not careful, mm-hmm. uh, there are unintended consequences which, which then uh, uh, take away from its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, I build it fast, build it small, test it, and then scale. Exactly. And when you test it and when you build it small, you're, 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 you're communicating with everybody. Ah, oh, this mm-hmm. looks like success. Everybody, this looks like success. So that when we, when we scale it up and we make it applicable to a broader audience, to a broader product line, to a broader process, to our culture or, or whatever, everybody's got a... Got a point of reference of what success looks like. And so when we go to the next stage, there ought to be some connective tissue between what success looks like in, in the micro sense to what it's going to look like in a more macro sense. So then bringing that back to micromanaging my big data and analytics, I need to pilot it, understand where I'm trying to go, and test 
my analyses, and then scale. Absolutely, and and again, it's 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 part it's part of part of the of the uh, uh, journey of journey of discovery because we can't all anticipate everything. We can't see the future perfectly, and we have to be have to be able to adjust for things that go wrong. This is this is one point where I, I find that that in in the leadership courses, the leadership teaching, we talk we talk about setting the conditions for success. We seldom talk about Okay, the conditions we set initially didn't work. So how how do we reset the conditions to adjust to hit the new success title? And I think that's so foundational that no matter how smart we are, if things are changing external to us that we don't anticipate. And we've got to be willing and able to have that personal agility to make those pivots. Absolutely, and uh, and and so I, I again, uh, you know, I, I I find lots of leaders that that if 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 they if they start out, oh, I got the right vision, I got the right mission, and we've got the right goals and objectives and things like that, and everything starts out well, and then then they get they get off course, they don't know how to recover. So it's 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 kind of like mm-hmm. if if you play golf and 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 you and you hit and you hit a shot that you intend to and it turns out to be bad what's your recovery shot and we and we need to instruct and teach pe- people and leaders uh how to work that that area that's a great point for a break so we need to teach leaders how to know when they hit it off course in golf it's a little easier there's a pin and mm-hmm. as a leader i may not know the pin or I may not have the capacity to course correct. So those are skills we need to teach. Absolutely. So we will. So this is Maureen Metcalf and Dale Myros, and we are wrapping up 2017, kicking off 2018, talking about what what we anticipate changing and how we prepare for it moving into the new year. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are joining Maureen Metcalf and Dr. Dale Meyerose. We are talking about what have we seen in 2017 and how will that influence us as we step into 2018 and beyond. So let's shift to leadership. As leaders, do you have any recommendations for how to navigate both the increasing complexity in, in human interactions, in culture, and now in technology? Well, that, that is, uh, I, I think, a, a, an area ripe for a lot of exploration for a lot of things. And the reason I think that is is that, is that oftentimes we end up with a tension between two values, with both values being, you know, having, having their pluses and minuses, uh, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a tension there. So, so let me give you a couple examples of, of how that tension plays out. You know, you, you as a leader... Humility is a great trait. Uh, you know, having the humility to know what you don't know. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people call it giving it straight, under, you know, being and, and such. Uh, but there are a lot of things you don't know. And, and, and a leader gets all of a sudden, I call it action constipation, where I don't know enough and I'm afraid to take an action because I'm afraid I don't know enough. But at the same time, uh, in addition to having that humility, that's counterbalanced by, as a leader, you've got to be prepared and have the confidence to make a decision given that you don't know everything that you would like to know. And so that business about having humility to what you don't know but the confidence to make a decision anyway because your people need leadership, need direction, uh, need, need to have, have a focus and such. I'll give you another quick, quick example. Uh, particularly in today's environment, there are more and more people that are recognizing that, that chaos is a good way to foster creativity and innovation. Uh, and, and in fact, that's something that, uh, that, that we see being taught in, in, in our MBA degrees, our management schools, uh, and, and, and such. But if you allow chaos to run unchecked, then you lack the stability in your organization, to, you know, and, and so then the organization flounders. And so, so there's a balance between how much chaos you allow in your organization to foster creativity and innovation, but you counterbalance that with the processes uh, needed to provide the stability so that the organization doesn't lose focus, doesn't lose its way, uh, or whatever. And, and, uh, and to wrap up, how, how this plays out with, with, with a recurring theme that we've talked about during this entire interview, you know, having care and empathy for people uh, in each person's situation uh, and, and uh, not, not having a one-mistake environment, uh, but for people that, that, that can't perform or are not performing, you've got to be willing to let them go if they're dragging down the team. So the business about how you balance care for the individual and giving them chances versus performance of the team. So that's what I mean by this tension of values that, mm-hmm. that a leader has, has to continually revisit uh, and, and, and continually question. 
You know, I love the the word tension. We we have talked about polarities on occasion, and mm-hmm. if we look at something like humility and confidence across uh, 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 a scale, as a leader, I need to do both. Yes. Yes. Sometimes and, and humility is more in yeah. demand, and yeah. sometimes confidence more in demand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and see, we all we usually have a negative connotation to the word tension. Uh, but but tension tension is is you know how a rope pulls things. Uh, mm-hmm. Having the right kind of tension is an absolute necessity for for a well running organization. And uh, yep. in, in polar and and so it, you you very adeptly you know contrasted that with polarity. And so so many concepts we get stuck like cybersecurity ends up being a negative concept rather than a positive concept for reinforcement for how we do business. So back to your list then, humility and confidence, it's not an either-or, it's a both. Exactly, exactly. And it's much like you and I have talked before on, the, on this show, uh, you know, the difference between leadership and management. And too often times we get in discussions that, that, that says, well, leadership's more important than management or management's more important. You've got to have both. Leadership yeah, I was going to say, right companies thing. don't thrive if you've got a bunch of leaders and no managers, and vice versa. And, and, and vice versa. You're, you're exactly right. And often, as a leader, I also need to know how to manage. <laughs> and and if, you have, if you have shortcomings or people in, on your team have shortcomings in this area or other areas, you you uh, you complement their their talent with other talent so so that both both objectives get accomplished. Uh, you know, and this another area that, that gets kind of mishmashed and uh, back and forth is education versus training. Mm. You know, edu- education the elements for a career, elements for a lifetime, training specifics for a job or a skill, and 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 they often get lumped together. Or people will do one to the exclusion of other, and you really need to do both. One well, as we both teach in graduate programs, I think we both know that there are times you're educating and training to make sure your students are prepared. Exactly, because I think education goes more towards towards talent uh, and career and uh, and life, and 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 training goes more towards. I'm, I'm going to succeed at this task. I'm going to I'm going to grow to the next task and, and such. And, and again, uh, as, as a leader, uh, you you want you want your people to to, to experience uh, uh, both conditions. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I want to go back to the care and empathy balanced with being able to, being willing to deal with people who are challenging. Yes. Yes, it is, uh, and 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 that is, that is probably the the most difficult area for new leaders, uh, uh, new executives to to deal with. Um, and 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 the more experience you get, the more more times you'll you'll see similarities, and so you'll be able to pull tools out of your toolkit. The problem with very experienced people is, oh, I've seen this before. And they gloss over the individuality of the people involved and say, mm. uh, "This fits, you know, what what we solved two weeks ago, or two months ago, or fifteen times within this organization." And so, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to pay attention. Every situation is absolutely different. They may be similar, 
but they're absolutely different because people are different. Every individual, every individual is unique in their in their own kind of way, and so so how how they perceive they're they're treated versus how they're perceived their value. And see, treatment and value is 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 are, are, are again it's a tension bet- between the two uh, that. Uh, that, that leaders have that have they particularly young leaders have have a hard hard time figuring out and uh, and it absolutely is key to being able to, to to anticipate what your workforce needs. You know the one I see repeatedly is leaders who are quite experienced not dealing with uh, being too kind. So mm-hmm. they've got a problem person and they know they've been able to work through things in the past and they leave the person who I'll say is toxic mm-hmm. in the environment too long and it really diminishes productivity of the entire work group, not just the the person who's challenging. Oh, absolutely. And and so so let let me recount, you know, like larger bureaucracies, okay, so I'm a manager or a leader and I and I've got a I've got a problem individual. And so rather than do the right thing uh, by for the organization writ large you know, I I induce the condition that the that the person just goes to he becomes he or she becomes a problem for somebody else. Ah, I don't have to deal with it anymore. And 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 again, uh, those those people that that uh, shift their problems to other people within the organization uh, usually get found out pretty quick by senior management. As in, this person's potential as a senior leader is quite limited. Yeah, you hope so. Yeah, yeah, you hope so. <laughs> I don't. I don't want your problems coming to me. That's right. That's right. So, as we're wrapping up, we still have a few minutes, and I'm wondering: is there anything that is of particular interest or focus for you as you enter 2018? For you, well, there is. There, yeah, there, there, there is. Again, I, I, I deal a lot with with companies and their technology and their cybersecurity elements of it. Um, I, I, I believe that 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 context is going to broaden, not get more defined. It's going to broaden, and so so cybersecurity is going to be seen more in terms of risk in general, not just cybersecurity. So I, I will, you know, I, I I believe that more of my clients will. Will will come up with either chief management officer positions or chief risk manager positions or things like that, which will entail uh, the convergence that I see happening in the cyber world and the physical world and the human reliability world and the organizational engineering piece. And so, so uh, I, I think that boards and 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 the boards of directors and and uh, C-suite folks are going to less and less uh, channel cybersecurity problems to techies to fix and more and more deal with those things as, uh, as organizational risk in a bigger context. So, so I, I, I see that uh, becoming more broad in, in 2018 uh, and, uh, and, and, less, and less defined in a narrow technical sense. And that's been one of your mantras for a long time, right, that cyber isn't the realm of techies. It's a it's a cultural issue. Absolutely, yeah. As as we've talked before, uh, it's it's somewhere north of ninety percent of all cybersecurity issues are human induced, either through 
social engineering, human mistake, uh, what what have you. Almost every everything we see in the headlines. That's that's how that happens. You know, it's a it's it's a human induced error, not a technology induced error. And uh, and so so you know, changing that to thinking that 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 risk is an inside out proposition with regard to organizations rather than the outside in means that there's no such thing as an incident. See, I don't believe in cybersecurity incidents. You know, incident comes from the Greek word meaning incidental, and there's nothing incidental about a breach, about a loss of personal information, about mm-hmm. about about the, the the loss or damage to brand. Uh, that's not a, that's not an incident. That's a crisis. That's an organizational crisis. And I see more and more companies very rapidly getting to that. That that uh, that that cybersecurity is not isolated. It's broader than that into the risk business, and it's not incidental. It is, in fact, an entire organizational challenge, and often systemic. Very, it, it, and, and if it's a human challenge, it gets back to all the leadership things that we've been talking about for, you know, for, for the past several, several minutes. Uh, you know, talent being, being the, the ultimate discriminator of, of how good your company is, and and your talent. Do you value your talent? And and if you don't value if you don't value your talent, you don't value individuals. Uh, you condone. Conduct and behavior in your organization that, that's not conducive to to taking advantage of your talent. You know you're you're going to have a cesspool. It's going to be in a downward spiral pretty quick. Thank you. So let's wrap up on something hopeful. We've got a couple more minutes before we we exit. So we are in the holiday season. We're thinking Happy New Year. And what is your biggest hope for 2018? Uh, my my my. Biggest hope for 2018 is is uh, as a country that, that we that we remain uh, you know secure for for our our citizenry and continue to give uh, economic uh, opportunity and, and grow in that fashion. You know we're in the business we're in the business business we're in the business of producing things of providing services of of u- utilizing people and talent, and, and uh, I hope to have continued opportunities to do, uh, to do so and to help other people uh, uh, do that as well. And I would jump onto that and say the same thing globally. I hope that we are all secure and safe and able to move forward in a way that is productive and peaceful and that we get away from some of the that we transcend, not that we just that they vanish, but that we find solutions to some of the challenges that we're facing. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll always have challenges, uh, but but hopefully, if we get ahead of those challenges, uh, they become more and more manageable and less adverse, affecting uh, uh, you know this, not only our citizenry but uh, but people we do business with on a on a global basis. And 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 truly, American business is global. So thank you to our listeners for another amazing year. It is through your listening that we are continuing to broadcast, so we deeply appreciate you. 
We would love to hear your feedback. We've started a LinkedIn group for innovative leaders driving thriving organizations. We would love to have you join the group and join the conversation. Many of our guests are also part of that group, so you can ask them questions as well. And wishing you a wonderful holiday season, no matter what part of the world you're in or what you celebrate, that you find peace and joy as we enter the new year. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.